Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of City Chatter, the Grand Forks City podcast, talking about uh, everything city government. I'm your host, John Bernstrom, Public Information Officer for the City of Grand Forks. And today we've gone through every council member uh, at least once in this podcast, and now we get the big man. We get the mayor, Mayor Bochensky. Thank you for joining us. Good. Thanks, John. This is uh, you know this was just a thought uh, that the two of us had uh, quite a while ago. So it's uh, now we're two months in. Has it been going good so far? I, I think it's been working all right. Uh, some of it was uh, uh, getting our council members you know on board. Not that they weren't on board, but it was just different. Getting the scheduling, and, yeah. and now they've all done it once. And I've I've reached out to them. I go, we're starting. I've know, seen most two. of them. Yeah, you're pretty. You're pretty uh, painless. You're not. Uh, you don't really <laughs> dig the knife in. So that's been good. So well, hopefully that'll continue today. I've I've, I've I've got to hook them in so I can yeah. get them the second time. No. Fair enough. Uh, so so mayor, uh, yesterday uh, in the city council meeting, um, the approval of your 2024 budget. Um, just uh, if, can you talk about some of the particulars? What got what got passed and what's going to move forward for 2024? Yeah, so this, you know, that was uh, pretty exciting to, to finally get that done. You're talking four or five months worth of, of work, and then, you know, you get about a seven-month rest, and you got to start and do it all over again. Uh, my fourth budget is, is being the mayor. Um, really, we've always focused on on two main things, public safety and infrastructure. This year, we've really expanded that to, to people and the workforce, and that's really um, twofold. That's taking care of our city employees so we can, you know, recruit and retain um, high-quality employees. That was, you know, salaries. That was benefits. We're continuing to... to you know, to, to raise those and to keep uh, competitive. And the second thing is, is quality of life features. So we've started to see a shift from economic development where, you know, traditionally we might have uh, bought land, infrastructure-ready land, and made other investments um, to prepare businesses to be able to come into town. Now we've really got a, a pretty good inventory of that. So we're, we're shifting now. Um, we've created a lot of jobs. If you saw the, uh, the stat, um, 1,200 jobs created over the last year was more than Fargo, uh, more than either city in the state. Now that we're creating all these jobs, now it's time to you know to continue to work on workforce. So we're looking at shifting some economic development dollars to, towards more uh, community amenities and things like the Children's Museum, things like the in- indoor uh, turf and aquatics facility. So a bit of a shift in how we look at economic development. Some of it just really is uh, coming from the success we've had at, at drawing business into Grand Forks. As mayor, when you're looking at this economic development stuff, it's, it's, it's like an ecosystem, right? There's not one thing that draws. There's not one thing that keeps, you know, it's kind of a you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, what, at what point in this budget process were you like, hey, maybe this is an opportunity where we can shift some of that economic development money? Well, just statewide, we've had a lot of conversations on workforce. We've had a lot of conversations with local businesses um, or local manufacturers there. Um, it's, the tides are starting to turn, but we can, we can do a lot more. And I think that's going to cost us in the future if we can't. So it's really just, it's not any one particular aha moment. It's just hundreds of conversations and figuring out what the, the path forward. And you're right, it's not just a children's museum or aquatics and turf facility, uh, boutique hotel, the, the Beacon by Epic, the CTE Center, you know, just seeing other developments for other quality of life, like the Listen Center. You know, you tear down the Travel Lodge and you have Listen Center, tore down the Ambassador Hotel, tore down the Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. So some of it's been addition by subtraction, but... Um, you just look at all the, you know, all the, the construction, all the, the, the new features and amenities come and even throw Franklin on fourth there, Memorial Village with the softball diamond. I think that there is a true commitment, um, you know, f- for the first time in a long time, at least since I've been around since 2001, that from top to bottom um, within the city, city leadership, even the, the schools, the county, the park district, everyone uh, sees the, the, the um, uh, sees the vision for, for that growth, that steady growth. So it's been exciting to see. And, and I think it's fair to say that 
everyone sees the vision because everyone can see the benefit to their individual entity, whether it's the school district, even UND. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the more features there that help sell UND and the better UNDs that help sell the community and the other taxing entities as they try to manage their budgets, what we really want to see is growth. We want to see new houses, new businesses, because that spreads the tax burden. Instead of it just being all piled onto the people that are already here, we need to spread that out. And we're starting to see that, but we've got you know, 20 or 30 years where we've really been stagnant. Mm -hmm. So since the flood, it's really been stagnant. So um, that's costing us. A lot of the issues you see financially today are are cans that got kicked down the road, you know, for decades. So um, I think all of our entities need to do a good job to tighten up their their budgets. But at the same time, um, you know, realize that for the most part, the boards of today are dealing with some of the, the past issues. So you mentioned uh, within the budget, and you're talking about the the, the economic development and, and you know workforce retention and stuff like that. One thing that uh, city council did a, a couple of weeks ago is moving forward with a a proposal to change the home rule charter regarding sales tax. It's not an additional tax; it's changing how some of it's allocated um, for an indoor turf aquatics area. First, can you talk about what what people are are going to be asked to vote on? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess first we can go back. It's it, it continues with the quality of life. So this is you know trying to draw workforce, trying to draw tournaments. So I think it has an economic development. It's twofold. It's really bringing people into town, and the second thing is those tournaments that uh, not only bringing people into town to live here, but bringing people into town for you know tournaments for a weekend mm-hmm. where they're spending money at hotels and restaurants, growing our sales tax. So um, we couldn't. I mean, we just the, the way the mills have exploded with um, the, the school district and the county and. Um, we just couldn't really go to the, you can't nope. go to the taxpayers for, for a mill increase right now. The city's done four decreases in a row um, now as of yesterday, which is pretty exciting. So we looked at how do we fund um, Hislop's coming down, you know, UND, yep. um, you know, kind of talked about this three to five year plan to end up being kind of a one to two year plan. <laughs> and the community was kind of left with, well, we're going to be without a swimming pool, you know, a community mm-hmm. swimming pool. Um, not just a competitive one, but a really outside of the Y and a couple lands of choice, there's no place to do swimming right. lessons. That's a public safety thing as well. And then for years, we've had turf issues, not enough turf in town oh, yeah. indoor. Um, you could see this spring, um, you know, your lacrosse, football, mm-hmm. uh, baseball, soccer teams, not, you know, they hardly got a season, track even, you hardly got a season. So these are what we're hearing. So how are we going to fund it? Um, the Alara Center's really turned a, a corner, I want to say, in the last three or four years with OVG. Prior to that was yeah. uh, Spectre. They just changed their names. Um, so they're, they're starting to get, you know, I think operating on all cylinders. So there's, there's confidence there, but there's also capital needs there. Um, that sales tax was going to end in 2029. So what we're going to do is, uh, since we'll be done paying the bonds for the Alaris Center, we've got the chance to, to build some new facilities and then still manage the capital on both facilities um, going forward if we extend that sales tax beyond 2029. So whether you vote yes or no, you're not going to see any difference till 2030. Um, if you vote right. yes, you're going to have facilities, and then you're going to continue to pay the same taxes you always did in 2030. If you vote no, you're not going to have the, these facilities. The Alaris Center is going to start to slide because you're just not going to have the capital mm-hmm. for it. And you're going to have, um, you know, essentially three-quarter cents back on every, you know, you spend $100, you right. get 75 cents back. 75 cents. So if you buy a $20 meal, you're going to get 15 cents back in 2030. And I hate to break it down, those small things, but, I mean, this is something you're currently paying. We, we, we want to work within the structures that we already had, so we're extending uh, setting that sales tax to try to get this funded. And, and I think it's important because this facility, as you talked about, yes, it's people living here, but it also people traveling. I know you live that life of running around to sporting events, youth sporting events, and yes, spending a night in a hotel in Sioux Falls when you're sitting there. Boy, it'd be nice if all these people came to Grand Forks at least one weekend. Well, it's it's not just that. It's not just bringing people in. I mean, you've got regional uh, high schools that can come mm-hmm. and use this facility for the day. Um, but it's, it's also us. I mean, it's for me, you know, if I'm going all over South Dakota, Minnesota for soccer tournaments, maybe one of those weekends it'll be, you know, an extra tournament here. Right. Uh, maybe a winter tournament here. Maybe, you know, 
So that's people spending maybe one more night, uh, one more weekend at home rather than spending some money in another community too. So again, it's, I think it's twofold. It's not just uh, bringing people here, but it's keeping our, our own community here a little bit more often. Right. And just to recap, this is not uh, an, an additional sales tax. It's reallocating the three-quarter cent that goes to the Alaris Center beyond 2029 extending it so it's yeah. not an addition it's just extending that and then one. yeah just to be more clear on that yeah you're 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 just changing it so the usage of that three-quarter sales to cent sales tax can be um expanded to be used to, to yeah. pay for the capital these facilities and then just to be extended so it's really uh, you know those are the uh, what we're looking for uh, in the vote in november and uh, i think we've done a good job it's been a year and a half of kind of researching this and, and getting uh getting to where we are today so i think it's time to to, to bring it to the community and see if uh if they want to continue, if we want to continue on this growth path, I think this is the best best way to do it. And, and just uh, so people listening are understanding, even though it's not an additional tax, we're changing the use of the tax, which means we're changing our charter, yep. which means it has to go to a vote. Um, at, at last night's meeting was the first time we were in the remodeled city council chambers. Um, I'm working on the audio. We're getting there. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. Um, but uh, that was a project. I know when you first came on, you, you walked in, and you're like, this is where we have meetings? Really? <laughs> You know, it, it's something that has kind of always been an idea, has always been talked about, but never really done. It was nice to get that done. Well, there, this kind of goes back to the start. When I first got in, there was a lot of talk about expanding the city city hall or even building a new city hall. And I, I could not see that in the budget. That didn't make any sense. They had the Herald building that they were going to put some offices. That didn't make sense. We've got the hive there now. That's thriving. That's yeah, been doing great. Well. And we, we took the money that was going to go to a new city hall, and we remodeled city hall. So we've spent, you know, the city prior to me saved up a lot of money from the public building fund to get these projects done. We started with taking the old mayor's office, which had, you know, six or seven people in it. Now it has three. So we moved right. to a different area. Now 10 or 12 pub, uh, planning and zoning community development people are in there. We remodeled kind of the, the whole city hall with the last piece being council chambers. And I think... you. I think you should be representative of the direction your city is going. So kind of that new, uh, fresh look that uh, is very inviting, very light-filled room now. I think it just speaks to the future rather than the other room, which which spoke to the past. But it, it served us well for 30 years. There were some some demons of the flood uh, in that, in that <laughs> council. <laughs> there were, yeah. That I'm sure we were happy to uh, to cast off. So um, if, you, if people yeah, haven't gotten a chance... Um, you know, you should almost give some tours one of these days, John. Otherwise, they can certainly come to planning any any of the public meetings. It'll be open I, as well. I did spend some time yesterday before the meeting as people walked in and just like, all right, here's here's where you go and and just like like you said, open windows up. There were eight windows on the east side of that wall that were completely covered, and we we opened them all up. The, the natural light in there is phenomenal. Yeah, we we probably don't hardly hardly need any lights uh, hardly know, during the winter. We'll we'll certainly sure. need more, but yeah, you have those basically floor to ceiling windows. It's. Uh, it's a very, I mean, the building, I believe, was built in 1911. It's really held yep. up well. Um, if we continue to take care of it, um, you know, I, we always talk about, uh, you know, building new things. And we've got to maintain what we've got. And I think the city sure. has been a great example of um, maintaining what we've got and, and being that, you know, the mayor's office is in a building that's 112 years old. Mm-hmm. I think that's, a, to me, that's a badge of honor the city can, can wear around. Yeah, the bones of that building are, are, are pretty good. And, and just some amenities in there. We've, incre- uh, we've improved the microphones. We've improved the speakers. I did hear that, that in the room it sounded great. Um, for those that maybe have some uh, hearing issues and have hearing aids, we have a loop in there um, so that you walk in, you get tied right into the sound system. Uh, we're able to test that. I, I know Councilmember Sandy uh, said, hey, this is pretty cool. And I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that worked out. The visuals are great, too. So as you're, as you're coming in there, we can also, with the way it's a U-shape now, it was just straight line before. You couldn't even see the other council members. So right. as you're having you know, in-depth conversations, you can look each other in the eye and see staff much much more efficiently. And I think we've got a little bit more room as well. So, And on top of some sa- adding some safety issues, so uh, the amenities. So I think it's, um, it came together really well. And it came together in a hurry. 
time's kind of flying. It did. That, that, that project went from, what, end of February the way it was to gutted down, cleaned up, back up. And we were, it was done in August. We had some AV issues that had to get cleaned up yeah. in order. But, but yeah, from a construction standpoint, it was done in August. And the hive served us well in the meantime. So it's yeah, pretty, it, it got us there. It got us there. Um, a couple of projects around the city. Um, uh, we, we've talked throughout the summer um, that overpass, underpass 42nd and Demers. Um, we, we got the, the federal allocation to that. I know there's been some things in front of council. Where are we at on that one? So right now we sent forward, uh, I believe it was option C1 and B1. So we sent two forward to the state, and they're, they're going to make the, the final decision, um, that being a state highway on, on Demers there. Uh, and that was a big piece, getting them to you know understand that 42nd may cross Demers there, and it may be 42nd that goes under the bridge, but getting DOT to, to not view that as a local project, right. that's why we got the you know this roughly 70% cost share. So we've picked alternatives. Now it's going to go to... Uh, DOT, uh, you know, deciding and then final design. And we'll probably, I think it'll break around in probably the spring of 2025. But we're going to get a project done with, uh, you know, and, and saving roughly $40 million that would have been a local taxpayer's backs. It, for history on that one, I, I was working with the, for the city, dealing with the legislature and hearing from DOT, ah, local road, your problem. Yeah. And that was, they were like, Demers isn't a local road. <laughs> And a lot of that's just spending spending the time, you know, and then put, yeah. it was just not just time with DOT, but putting that grant in and yeah. putting a thoughtful one. I mean, it was such a good grant that you have this, you know, the secretary of transportation, who is a cabinet member of the White House, or, you know, whatever you want to believe for politics, having, you know, someone that's mm-hmm. just the secretary of uh, transportation come to your city and highlight a project uh, because it was done so well as it came to their level um, is pretty special. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I will say this, um, his team was a good team to work with. Hey, well, we have like three days to, we, we had three, to sort we had that three, out. I thought it was kind of a days. joke. It started with an email from, uh, hey, I'm here from the transportation sector. And, you know, we get a lot of random emails from that are, you know, kind of spam related. So I didn't, and, and we're always getting, you know, uh, IT's oh, yeah. always sending us the test ones. You, know, you exactly. can never click the wrong one. So I was questioning that, but it turned out to be uh, uh, the real deal. And then the, the secretary had called me, I don't know, 12 hours later or something. And it was a, uh, it was off to the races from there. So, so for people, this this was in early June. The mayor gets gets an email. You forwarded on to uh, Mr. Phelan, city administrator, and I believe I was in on that. And you're just like, "Hey, I think I think this is real." And we look at it and we're like, "Boy, that that's that's kind of a it's big, a real email that's, address. That's, that's yeah. a big deal." Yeah. And then uh, I believe you said uh, you said that we were on a conference call, and I believe you said. I, is this a big deal? And uh, Mr. Phelan and I looked at each other. We're like, yup. <laughs> you know, well, I think going. the last time we had someone at that level was the floods. So it had been 30 exactly. years. Exactly. Right. You know, it was a disaster. Years, yeah. It was nice having someone come here with good news. Prior to a disaster. Yeah. Right. Right. That's right. Great. That's, that's right. So uh, you've now, you got elected in 2020. Like you said, you just did your fourth budget. Um, it's, I, you, as a, when you went from running for mayor, getting elected, to being mayor, coming in, like you said, you talked about some of the changes at City Hall. Is it what you expected? Well, largely, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm always willing to do the work, so I came in very prepared at the start. So I think other mayors, it might take six months, a year to kind of hit the ground. Um, I hit the ground running. You did. Um, and uh, I think we've gotten a lot done. I think uh, despite uh, all the challenges, the, the, the moving the community forward, I mean, you think about it when we first when I first got in office, it was the middle of COVID. So everything was first year stopped. and a half. Yeah. And we just said, no, we're, we're going to keep moving. We're going to come out of this stronger. And as a community we have, we've, um, you know, some of your basic things that, I, that I'm proud of is not only the growth, but just the budget to have surpluses the last two years, multi-million dollar surpluses the last couple of years. So we're adding to our reserves and still cutting mills, still funding all the things we need to fund. Um, those are the kind of things that get me excited. 
Um, you know, you do have to deal when you're the mayor. There's there's a lot of things that, that come to you. I'm not a mayor that has like a lot of buffers. So it's not like you got to go through this person, that person. Usually people uh-huh. can pretty much get right to me. So some of the things that surprised me is, you know, some of the neighbor disputes where you have, you know, an issue with a fence or an, a pet or an animal that, you sure. know, I'm going to go to the mayor and then they come talk to you and the next day you hear a total different story from the other side. And right. it's, it's like, you know, some of these we just got to work out on our own that you kind of have to deal with as the mayor. That ends up taking taking a lot of your time. And uh, it's time that, you know, you would be spending with your family. So I know, I don't know how other mayors have done it in the past, but it's, you know, it's been a full-time job and then some for me. And um, that can be a burden on your family, but I've said it's, it's a burden that's, that's worthwhile. And uh, we've kind of learned how to do our time management and we're still working on that. If anyone has figured that, solved that yeah. thing out, let me know. Yep. But uh, yeah, if I recap the last three years, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the, the, the work that's been done and, and uh I think we're set up well for the future. Well, and, and to the family standpoint, um, you and I have kids around the same age, uh, so we're, we're both running around to a lot of similar things. Um, but I will say this: it is. I know from my family standpoint, it's if I have something going on at work, it's maybe bugging me. I, you know, the, the family is a nice thing to bounce off of every once in a while. At least it is for me. I can't speak yeah. for you, but it's. I think it, it's it helps your your sanity, but at the same time, you know, when you have tough days, you're still bringing stuff home. And oh, yeah. You got to have a strong family that can, you know, realize that you're kind of down, and instead of uh, you know being a tough evening, they can actually help build you up, and and that's you know building a strong relationship with your wife and your kids, and it's oh, yeah. not always easy. They they carry the burden too, and um, you know now four almost coming up on four years into it, um, you know my kids have really you know, sort of grown up in, mm-hmm. the, in the community as the mayor's, uh, you know, kids. And I, it's, uh, that's not easy either. So no. it's, uh, you know, we're learning as we go, but, uh, they've, they've embraced it and realized that, that daddy's here and he's got an important job to do and he needs to do it uh, fully, but it being dad's still number one. So my, my, uh, story I've, I've told multiple times, I haven't told it here before, but you talk about family and, you know, the, trying to separate work from home. It was during COVID, right? Long days. You're going back. Was, I'm not sure if it was before you were elected, after you were elected. But there's lots of stuff going on there. And I come home. My daughter walks up to me at the, t- at the time she was eight. Walks up, just gives me a hug. I'm thinking she's in trouble. And like she got in trouble at home. She's coming. Dad, here's my side of the story. And I, I'm like, uh, what's up, sweetheart? And she goes, you look like you need a hug. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Makes it all worth it. It, it, it? does. It does. So uh, speaking of home, Grand Forks is your home. Um, you, you, you didn't grow up here. You, you grew up in, in the Twin Cities area. Yeah. Like many of us, me included, you, you came here for college. Um, after college, maybe you left town. What made, you want, what made Grand Forks for you just like, you know what, I want to make that my hometown? Well, I think originally when I first came in, I was just, I would say I was still a boy. I might have been 18, 19, but I, I was still kind of searching for that father figure, searching for a home, really. Sure. You know, I had a, kind of a little bit of mm-hmm. a tough tra- childhood. And the way I was embraced, I just felt like, you know, you, you kind of wander around life and then suddenly you feel like you're home. And it's, it's really the people, it's the size, it's the safety, it's what we, what we believe in, you know, mm-hmm. that work ethic, um, that uh, sort of work hard, play hard mentality. And that uh, we, we've always been one of the hardest working states, we've always been the mm-hmm. hardest working cities. Um, I've just, I don't know, I fell in love with Grand Forks uh, from the start. And, you know, as soon as I was done playing and traveling the world, we were called to come right back here. And it wasn't, uh, wasn't even a question. And I've seen... You know, I went to Ottawa, Tampa, Nashville, Anaheim, Boston. I was ready to come and home. And that's just the North American cities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a blink, too, the other eight years in, uh, in Kazakhstan and Russia. But that, there, there was no winners over there that made me want to stay sure. there either. Sure. I, I, I can say a similar story. I didn't grow up here. I, I don't have family in town here. Right? Yeah. Neither does my wife. And it was at some point in our relationship, and we're just like, 
you know what? I think we just want to stay. And there's something about the size of Grand Forks. You know, we're, we're growing steadily, but you've got a lot to do, and you can sort of uh, know everybody, but at the same time have a certain level, level of anonymity. Um, and I think it's it's kind of up to you how much you want to engage in the community. And you, there's so much to do, or you can kind of just do your own thing. And I, I think people largely just help out when they can and they let each other live their lives. And it's uh, there's something special. There's not not too many places like that anymore in this world. And we got to hold on to that here. Yeah, it's uh, we explained to at least I explained to my children. I grew up on a farm in a rural area. At six o'clock, the grocery store closed. So if you were hungry later on, you, you, you whatever was in the house, and we're like, you realize you can order a pizza at one in the morning. You can get food in this time. <laughs> my wife and I are still, we, we still talk about still that. like that. Well, yeah. I'm not. I don't think I stay up that late very often anymore. But. I, I haven't stayed up that late in a long oh. time either. Well, uh, Mayor, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I know you've got other commitments and, and we're running around, but thanks for uh, taking time to get here today. As uh, you know, we. we We'll probably have you here, and it'd be about four months, right? And we'll see where the city's yeah. at then. We're going to be in the middle of winter. We'll, who knows what we're talking about? But uh, we're through uh, uh, every one of our council members. We're in a in a couple of weeks. We'll start we'll go back right with uh, Danny Weigel. So well, it's a, thanks for having me, John, and th- thanks for doing this. And I appreciate uh, I appreciate the episodes too. I've got to watch most of them. So thank you. All right, thanks, Mayor uh, Mayor Brandon Bochensky, joining us here on uh, the City Chatter Podcast um, again. Uh, city budget was approved yesterday. The Grand Forks City Council twenty twenty four budget is is in the books, which means take a week off and start working on twenty twenty five. I wish that were a joke, but that's about how that works. And uh, and, and again, yes, if you uh, want to come to a city council meeting, we have brand new city council chambers. Feel free. Come on down. I'll show you around. Uh, we can uh, show you some of the bells and whistles that are in the room and, and some of it that just makes viewing uh, a meeting a lot easier. So for this episode of City Chatter, thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next time.